I give a new hire talk and do a Q&A every new onboarding class. The one thing I hear constantly is how excited everyone is to work at a place that celebrates individuality and authenticity. There's not work Steven and home Steven, there's just Steven. And we really love that and it brings me a special sense of joy. I also hear from our new hires how surprised they are with our culture and how unique it is. It became clear to us years ago that our culture was unique because new hires would tell us, because when I would do interviews with the press, they would ask about it. And whenever I'd be on stage at a conference during a Q&A, people would be obsessed with what we are doing inside our building. So in 2020, we decided to launch the Culture Gooder podcast because we wanted to inspire other teams and organizations to challenge the status quo inside their own culture, companies, teams, whatever. The original goal of the podcast was to inspire other teams to create change inside their culture. But what we didn't anticipate was how important this podcast would become to our hiring process. If anyone is interviewing for a job, top of mind should be, what is it like to work at that company? What is the culture like inside that building? If you're interviewing for Gooder, you can just listen to the entire podcast and get a pretty good sense for it. People stopped asking me culture questions during the interview process because of the podcast. And once we realized how beneficial the podcast was to educating new potential hires, our hiring team started providing links proactively to certain episodes. Since our podcast game has been off for the past year, we thought we'd do an episode specifically designed to answer the question, what is it like to work at Gooder? That's what this episode is about. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Culture Gooder podcast with Stephen Lease and Sean Tinney. This podcast is a behind the shades look at creating and changing culture inside of Gooder sunglasses. You can live with the status quo, you can challenge the status quo, or you can do what we do at Gooder and status the quo challenge. All right. So before we get into what it's like to work at Gooder, let's jump into a lightning round, huh? Let's do it. All right. Uh, what do a Basset Hound's feet smell like? Corn Fritos. That's a real thing. Uh, Basset Hound's feet smell like corn Fritos. It's fucking amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long has Gooder been around? We were we started in 2015, so we're uh, closing our seventh year right now. Damn, it's coming in fast. Yeah. Uh, what gets you up in the morning? Well, right now I'm writing uh, the book about our culture called uh, Status Quo Challenge, and I fucking pop out of bed to write that book because I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Can't wait for that thing to come out. And what keeps you up at night, Steve? Actually, wildly nothing right now. My partner, Sarah, is incredibly frustrated because I fall asleep in under five minutes Every single night. I close my eyes and I'm fucking dead. Just yeah. into the void? Oh, yeah, into the void. <laughs> Ugh, lucky. Uh, and finally, what is your favorite question that you've received from a new hire? Well, there's a bunch of them, but I started doing this thing where I try and get them to ask questions that I refuse to answer. Just because, I, you know, I, I don't want to get just the same old questions. And one, what somebody asked me a couple months ago during a new hire class was, Oh, what are sunglasses you wear that aren't gooders? And I'm like, I'm like, I'll answer that question. None. <laughs> I have not wear a non-pair of gooders in seven years. Yeah, right. Easy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I had some for a while and they just keep like they keep moving around with yeah. me, but I'm like, oh, you're like an antique yeah. at this point. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into it. So first and foremost, uh, can you give our listeners a quick high-level overview of what our hiring and onboarding process is like? Yeah. So our hiring process is multi-stage. And what happens first is you submit your resume. And what's really interesting is you have to submit a drawing of an octopus fighting a pirate mm -hmm. as part of the process. And if you don't attach a, a drawing of an octopus fighting a pirate, 
then we never look at your resume. So that's that's number one. <laughs> yep. But we have a multi-stage process where first there's a once you're vetted, you get called and it's a it's a culture interview and you're just kind of ask some base questions ground you in what the process is going to be like. We have hiring classes, so we have four to six a year. And you're said, hey, you're told, hey, this job starts on November 1st. Can you make that work? You have to be in the office for 30 days. And if somebody says no, we're like, awesome. You can't, we, you, we stop people there. Mm-hmm. We also give a really, like, we're like, all right, cool. Here's the job. Here is the pay for the job because we don't allow negotiation. And so you're told all this stuff up front, this, what the process is going to be like. Then from there, uh, you move into in-person interviews where you come in and you meet with three different people, ask questions. And then the very final phase is you come back and you actually present some type of project or assignment. Mm-hmm. And all those stages are strategically planned. We edit this uh, all the time to make sure to make sure we have the right things in order. And then once you're hired, we have an onboarding. And like I said, you, there's an onboarding class. And so coming up in October this year, the, the one, the hiring cycle we're in, I think we're hiring for seven or eight jobs. So seven or eight people will start at the same time. And the first week, it is all brand focused. You actually, with you talk, you talk to whoever you're going to be reporting to for a couple hours, but it is all learning about our culture. I give a new hire talk. We really believe and we need to train people the gooder way. And so mm-hmm. we take the time to train them appropriately. I think one of the most unique things is week one, we have an all staff meeting that everybody comes into that's wild. And you know, usually there's this thing called Pitch a Palooza where people are pitching wild sunglasses idea. Like recently somebody pitched one for a, a Oregon Trail themed glasses. <laughs> and so you come into this company and you learn about the culture. You go into this staff meeting that's produced like a full on event. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah. And so it is a shock to the system, but we, the onboarding process lasts a full three months. And there's, there's a lot of stuff uh, throughout that because we want everybody to fully understand the brand when they come here. Mm-hmm. What I miss? Oh, uh, I think just, you can't overstate how rad it is to start with another group of people yeah. who haven't, you know, they're, everyone's in the same spot. Like we're all starting this job fresh. Um, and then by the time they're done, you know, we'll do an interview at three months um, and just ask like, Hey, what's going well? What would you change? And everyone across the board is like, I love that. I got to start with all these people. Um, and I'll see constantly in Slack, like team whiskey, team Yeti, they're doing their own like connection events and just uh, staying up on what each other are doing, celebrating their anniversaries and such. It's, it's just super cool thing. It, it really is cool. I mean, Imagine this, everybody. You started a company. One of the hardest things is you you have to learn your job. You need to learn people. Who do you go to for what? Well, right away you have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people in your class that are in the exact same boat you are. You start on the same day. So you're in this together. And and those classes are really, really bonded. You know, it's like a at in in, in you know high school, right? You have like the people that are in your class and mm-hmm. you you go through it together. It's it's a really cool thing that we kind of stumbled upon in this idea of hiring or onboarding in classes. Yeah, for sure. One of those things you don't predict, but it turns out pretty nicely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so what do you think the most important thing is for someone who doesn't work here to know about how we do things at Gooder? There is a reason for everything. Even the octopus fighting a pirate, right? That is because... We want to make sure people are reading our job descriptions, A. B, we want them to understand Gooder is a credibly like fun, unique, irreverent place. And so if you're not cool with 
uh, drawing an octopus fighting a pirate to apply for any job, whether it's a designer or an accountant, then you're just not going to enjoy it here. <laughs> right. And so, yes, yeah, so, so like, like, and, and then, and then there's a reason for everything, but we prepare you for everything, right? The onboarding and design for that. We will talk about this more, but, um, in this world, nobody's left out to dry. There is support unilaterally for everything we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you get the dear sir or madam thing like sir and madam do not work here, but octopus fighting pirate will get you through the door. Yeah, yeah. Got to got to do the fun thing to get into the fun company. For sure. And uh, I mean, the other thing is if you like work and you like being challenged, gooder is a gift. If you just want to collect a paycheck, this is the worst place to work. <laughs> it is fucking miserable. For sure. I mean, you can contest to it where we we expect a lot out of people and we push people to be the best versions of themselves. And if you just want to collect a paycheck, you will just get found out eventually. Oh yeah, definitely. Nobody's playing sack, hacky sack in the hallways around here. It's yeah. like, we're all getting <laughs> shit done yeah. and it's really fun. Yeah, we talk about, we want the fewest amount of people coached to the highest level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's for people who don't work here. Uh, what do you think the most important thing is for someone who does work here to remember? Oh, I mean, at the surface, the vast majority of everybody here is just fucking killing it. Yep. And so it's this really interesting thing where I have to remind people like, hey, we only sell sunglasses. Because I, I actually appreciate how uh, how seriously everyone takes their job. And I want everybody to always know that we are here because of this team. And then also we should have fun because we just sell sunglasses. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> it's like we get super into things, but that's like a nice reminder. You can hold it a little lighter, right? Yeah. And also like we take things very seriously and people do great work. Um, and I want them to keep doing that great work because I feel that is what uh, I, I think that's what people, what makes them thrive. I think being challenged to constantly be doing better. Um, my goal here is to get people to grow and do the best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. So it is not to create a safe space for complacency. For sure. And so if people don't like that, it's all good. Uh, but that is, as a leader, like, like what I want is I want to like, I want to create a safe space. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but a safe place to grow and learn and be challenged, not to um, be complacent and get, and get stale. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that comes up as a result of that is, especially folks who are just joining, is imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. When you join a team of A players and everyone's just crushing it at their roles, it's easy to feel like, oh man, do I really belong here? Um, so why do you think that is? And, and what advice would you give to someone who's struggling with that sense of imposter syndrome? For sure. It's something we hear from new hires a lot. Yeah. The first thing is remember you earned your spot here, mm -hmm. right? You went through the interview process. You were chosen from hundreds, if not thousands of applicants. So that's, that's number one. Number two, Gooder is full of high performers. And so I understand that. So that's why it happens is because you come into a place like this and you're like, Oh shit. So yeah. <laughs> that's why how you help. So how you combat that is remember you earned your spot. And if you could do a mindset shift of mastery to be a master at something, you need to have this growth mindset, which we obviously hire for. And if you, if your goal is to be great, so you, then that means accepting feedback is easy. Being coached is easy. If you can shift that as a mindset, mindset imposter syndrome goes away because mm -hmm. the people i have seen struggle is people who are not willing to change where they dig their heels into like the proverbially way of a workplace that they're used to right and so um that is a if you find yourself if you find yourself white knuckling how things 
used to be at an old job, then let go uh, and that will help your imposter syndrome. For sure. I think there's also something about the expectation that you should know everything somehow and that like asking questions is not allowed or not acceptable or exposes you as incompetent, but it's the exact opposite, right? Like the more questions people ask, the more you're going to trust them because you know that if they don't know, they'll just ask. Yeah. I mean, we, we teach all this, right? I mean, asking questions is a power move. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Also, there's a thing that will happen when someone so we, we, we coach that ask the questions. We also coach people that it's okay like not to know not to know the answer. Right. Uh, I I will it's okay not to know the answer. It's okay to be really nervous and stressed about things. Yeah. In fact, sometimes this thing will happen if I'm working on a project with someone. I'm like, oh, how how you feeling? Like, oh, I feel great. I'm like, you shouldn't feel great. You should be stressed. Right. This Do is you? a lot of fucking work. <laughs> I would feel better if you told me that you were stressed. <laughs> I I, I, right. I would feel way better if you told me you that the the you're like, how do you feel? I'm really stressed. I'm going to get it done. I, uh, I'll, I'm probably going to ask for some help, but I do, there is a lot to, there's a lot of road in front of us. I'm like, good, thank you. Thanks for making me believe mm-hmm. that you are actually taking this seriously. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all good. It's not all good. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think another uh, contrast, I think, between a, a lot of companies and Gooder is that sometimes in the corporate world, you kind of run into bureaucracy and things get stuck, yeah. right? But Gooder feels like a really fast-paced environment. What do you think contributes to that? Well, I mean, we're a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for, for our listeners out there, I've done inside we are littered with space analogies, and it came from a talk a while ago where we're growing super quick, right? We are now, we're seven years old, we're self-funded, and we're 130 people. We're adding... 30 plus people a year, you know, our revenue is going. So we're a rocket ship. And when you are a rocket ship, you are just fast paced and change is inevitable. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's first, um, first and foremost, like this idea that we are inherently just fast paced. And then here we've become really okay with failure. We've mm-hmm. become real okay. With done is better than perfect. Right. Like, like we, I'm more interested in people doing things quickly and improving upon it rather than waiting to ship or waiting to launch. And so it's, it's baked in our culture. I mean, what's your thoughts on this? I- yeah, I think one of the things you're always reminding us is that the way we used to do things in whatever year is maybe not the thing that we need to do now. And yeah. your willingness to push everyone to just break down something that we've been relying on for so long as a, as a foundational way of like, this is how we do things around here. It keeps things moving, right? Because whatever about that old way might turn into an obstacle ends up becoming a way forward as soon as you're like, what if we just did something different? <laughs> for sure. And there's also a bunch of things built in to Gooder where we do Gooder stock once every quarter. That's our that's our employee summit. Mm-hmm. We do AMP, which is our quarterly uh, reviews. We do PDA. We'll talk about some of this, all this later about it's our quarterly like uh, meetings that create cohesion. So there's always something going on. Yeah. And we're actually working to create a little more space in our days here, but we launch product like crazy. We launch, you know, a couple hundred SKUs a year. And so all these things, we've just created a culture which is done is better than perfect. And it is fast paced, but the really good thing about this is there's just another day, another week, another launch, another review, another talk. And so if you fuck one up, there's just another one. Right, another pitch is coming. Yeah, it's another swing. (laughs) Yeah, you can either choose to um, be annoyed by the pace of it or you can choose to be excited to not have to hide behind perfection because you get to do stuff again and again and again. Mm -hmm, For sure. I think one of the core 
principles that helps us all to navigate this fast paced environment uh, is a productivity system that we all use called doing to done. Yeah. Right. So that gives us uh, a shared language, a shared strategy. And we know that everyone knows how to do this thing, uh, whether we're really sticking to it or not is a, is a thing that fluctuates. But can you talk us through some of the main elements of that system and what each of them is for? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that everybody's taught is doing it done. Here's the here's the book for anybody who is on video. But it's doing it done. It's by Mike Williams, and it is productivity made simple. And at the end of the day, it's less about we want people to be productive and using something like doing it done is really important because it we have a shared language mm-hmm. behind it. Um, but we want everybody to have the tools to thrive in this fast-paced environment. Mm-hmm. This idea of a productivity system, it's not about making everybody here the most productive person. This is a little secret for our listeners out there. Pro- productivity systems are way more focused on you being present. It's this idea of how do you get everything that's out of your mind, all this stuff you're kind of doing or meandering, how do you create a system to catalog it and take stuff from doing to done? Mm-hmm. And so you can be you can be present and you can be uh, creative, right? And this is just isn't to launch a product. We use this in your everyday life, I encourage everyone here to use it in their personal life. It is a very freeing space to be in when you actually have a way to take on any project that comes your way. For sure. And not only that, but rooting it in the purpose of the project and a vision of wild success that keeps you focused on what you're attempting to accomplish versus kind of getting stuck in the weeds of like, oh, I have to do this and that and the other thing. It's like, oh, no, I get to do this work where I'm headed in this direction and that matters to me personally. And so I will do all these things to get me there bit by bit. Yeah. I mean, we will for sure have Mike Williams on the podcast. He's a a friend of both of ours. Yeah, most definitely. But there's a thing in there like the there's a, in this world of doing to done, when you're taking on big projects, you should be looking at like, all right, what's, what's your vision? What is, why are we doing this? What's wild success? And then you, you basically, it's, it's a, it's a inverse triangle where you, you start high level. Well, you know, what's the purpose? How are we going to get there? What do we need to do? And then you go backwards and you start making next actions and project plans to get mm-hmm. you to the end. Yeah. And it's just a really beautiful way to, uh, us as people, we, you know, we work on products together to understand what the focus is, align on it, then take that and build projects and do that and repeat. I mean, we are prolific uh, creators here. We're mm-hmm. prolific doers. Mm-hmm. And we, there's no way you could live in this this world without having something like doing it done. Oh, for sure. I think that's absolutely the reason why whenever we look back at what we set out to do, you're always like, oh, I bet we got half of this done. And we're like, oh, I think we kind of did it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, we use Enneagram, I'm a type seven, which is known for vision and wild ideas. But one of the kind of downsides of some type sevens are they don't see things through to completion. Mm-hmm. And years ago, we used to use GTD. Now we use doing to done. But I realized that for me to do all the crazy shit I have ideas for, I need to have a system to see things through to the finish. Right. And that's where this came from. So like I basically taught myself over 10 years ago, uh, GTD and and in with the, with the idea here of like, hey, this is just a tool to use to be able to do more stupid fucking shit, right? I mean, like we're we're recording in a conference room that's called Mick and Keith's room that is like like a rock and roll studio. It's it's an homage to the Rolling Stones. You know, there was a project plan for this entire room. <laughs> right. Here's why we're doing it. Here's the things that we need to make this happen. And anything and everything that you kind of experience in Gooder comes from detailed projects mm-hmm. and project leaders and and it's just great ingrained in our culture 
For sure. And there's so much going on at a time. I don't know how you could possibly manage it all without a system like this. You know? No, if you have a system and you're extremely transparent, which we are, you know, if you never lie, you actually never have to remember what you said. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Simple. Whenever we started working on that, when it, you know, we have a really detailed project plan for this podcast. Today I sat down to write the intros. I just flip open the 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 deck that we're all working off of. I'm like, cool. Where am I at? Here we go. I don't actually. I'm. I, before I sat down this afternoon, I didn't remember what episodes we were filming today because we did all this work beforehand, but I was able just to sit down, jump in, and write an intro because of how detailed we are in our project planning. For sure. And I think that leads to autonomy, right? The the Having a trusted system that allows you to sit down at any point, be completely present, and apply yourself allows you to do work in different ways and times and, and pace that works with wherever you're at in that moment. So um, we value autonomy at Gooder and we always say the price of autonomy is accountability. So can you talk about some of the systems that we use to hold ourselves accountable? Yeah, when we looked to do this episode, we asked people, especially people who have been hired recently, hey, what's some of the stuff you want us to talk about? So that's where all these questions are coming from. Yeah. And one thing that I heard from a couple different people was, Gooder is extremely autonomous, meaning, you know, you have a role and you have bosses and there's checkpoints that I'll go through. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for getting your work done. Nobody's looking over your shoulder and micromanaging you. And it's a very fun, free feeling, although it's something most people are not used to. Mm -hmm. And for us to be able to give away a ton of autonomy, we ask for radical accountability. No one at Gooder ever gets in trouble for fucking up or making a mistake. They get in trouble for not owning it and seeking to fix it. And this accountability piece is like really, really important. So a couple of things, right? We teach everybody doing to done. So they yeah. have the tools and, and we teach other skills, communication skills, uh, so on and so forth, how to make really detailed decks. So we, the first we start with the foundation where we teach you, then we have things like TWC. TWC is our weekly staff meeting. We report our revenue numbers every week in real time so that we all know where we're at. All the teams have a status. Here's the projects we're working on. Here's what we're doing. Everybody here does a one-on-one -on -one once a month with their leader, and there's a format to that. You know, It's what you've been up to. Get, you, you exchange feedback. You talk about your three big focuses. Everybody, every quarter has three things they're really focusing on. That leads into our quarterly review, which is AMP, so that you get feedback there where there's a defined point where you're getting feedback, right? So TWC, we're, share, we're celebrating and sharing everything as a company. One-on-ones, you're working directly with your, uh, with your boss to understand, to let them know what's going on, checking status. Then that feeds into our AMP. We also do a thing called PDA, which is a big quarterly meeting called it's present, debate, align. And we present what we're doing. It's it's two full days. The agenda complete always changes, but we present what we're doing. We debate on stuff. We align every Friday. We get back and we're like, all right, cool. What products do we do we want to kill? What do we want to move forward with? And go. And so we have all these different systems built in for accountability. And the people here that usually don't thrive are ones that don't want to be accountable. Right, right, for sure. So you explained AMP, right? Autonomy, mastery, purpose. Uh, you just covered a lot of the accountability oh, yeah, things yeah. for autonomy. So we also have this idea of mastery, which is about having a sharp ax, right? And approaching your work with a sense of process and practice because you can't always control the results of something, but you can control the way that you show up. So how do you approach that sort of process versus results debate? Yeah, I mean, well, first, it's something that you hear me talk about constantly is 
I want people to celebrate the work over the results. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. You actually have very little control of most things in your life. Mm-hmm. You have the illusion of control, but you actually don't have that much control. So if you if you make the focus your process, because you can actually control process. You can control every week having a staff meeting. You can control doing a weekly review to start your Monday. You can control doing a one-on-one every week with people on your team and asking these questions and and, and, and making sure you each give each other feedback. So those are things you can control. And then the results will take care of themselves. And so if you really are interested, it's if you understand that you can't control much, you for sure can't control results, you can just control process, it is a much more exciting place to live. Mm-hmm. I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost a relief because you're focused on improving the way that you show up for something consistently versus like, oh, it's got to turn out this way and let leads right to done is better than perfect, right? Well, you tried, you did something. Let's see if it worked. Yeah, perfect example is no one a good or we, have, we don't have commission, right? So no one on the sales team gets commission and that's for a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, when if certain roles here that look over certain revenue channels, nobody ever gets in trouble if the numbers aren't where we projected. It's like, all right, cool. Did you do this stuff? Did you, are you reaching out to all the accounts uh, and, and, and giving them this information? Are we sending emails? Are we doing our marketing campaigns? And we, we do those things and the results are the results. And if the numbers aren't where we said they were, like, all right, we'll adjust. That's okay. But as long as you did the things that we that are part of the plan, it's all good around here. And I, I think just that's a really important thing to understand. And if you celebrate the work over the results, you actually never get sick of the work. You just get to live in this infinite game over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. If your results driven, well, if it doesn't go your way, it's it's Okay. Sucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so part of being our best, uh, aside from just that individual approach, right, is recruiting individuals from a diverse walk of life. And we have tried to weave DEI into everything we do as a company. Um, can you talk a little bit about why that matters so much to us? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first and foremost, variety is the spice of life. Mm-hmm. We are all about creating connection here at Gooder to our customers with each other. And the more voices that are in the room, the more different voices, the more people that don't look like you and I, the better the connection is, right? Like we are actually creating full on connection and understanding. So I think that's just a really important thing for our company. And then also I'm very aware, right? I'm a white heterosexual male that was born in America, which means I have been gifted so much privilege. And so it would be extremely, um, ungrateful of me to not make a focus inside our company on DEI. Mm-hmm. And we'll do an up- upcoming episode with Maya who leads that here and talking about all the initiatives we do. It's just something I feel very, very strongly about. I'm aware of the privilege that I have. And so uh, my ability to make sure we are investing the resources to pay it forward is extremely important. And then last thing is, we talk about process, right? We have a bunch of initiatives set up here for DEI. Yeah. And so we are just trusting the process. We are doing these things and we believe this will make us a more diverse company. And so we don't beat ourselves up uh, over it. We just do what we believe will help over and over and over again. Yeah, and bit by bit, it's working. Bit by bit, it really for is. sure, yeah. yeah. Plus, don't keep your good luck to yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, so most of the things we've covered so far are in support of our value of authenticity, right? We have fun and authenticity as our values. Um, and we are also very much about fun and connection and celebration. Um, so why has that been so important to you from the start? Hey, 
we spend more time with the people we work with than our families. Mm-hmm. We really do. If you think about it, nine to five, I mean, maybe with the work work from home revolution, it's a little bit different, but yeah. you just, you know, I'm, I don't count sleeping next to the person as time spent with them. Right. And so if you, we spend that much time with each other, I mean, we better be having fun. We better like each other and be connected or it's just a miserable fucking experience. Yeah. You know, it, it's just this real thing of, a, of hey, um, we, I don't believe in work-life separation. I think that's fool's gold. I want work-life integration. You do what you need to, um, um, your work is a, a really big part of your life. And so I want it to be fun. I want everybody here to be connected with each other because I believe at the end of the day that makes everybody's work quality better. And it is a, you know, like self-fulfilling prophecy of like, you know, connection and celebration and engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So on that note, I think in order to be truly present at work, sometimes you got to be absent from work, right? Yeah. So on that, uh, to that end, we have this unlimited PTO that we offer. And I think in a lot of cases when people hear unlimited PTO, that ends up being something that kind of makes them nervous, yeah. right? They're like, ooh, like how much should I use? Do I use too much? Um, and it like ends up weirdly backfiring. People end up taking less than, yeah. you know, two weeks of vacation or whatever. Um, so we track this in our quarterly reviews. We're actually looking at number of vacation days taken, but I think it's for a little different reason and it plays out differently here. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, if you want people to use their unlimited vacation, you have to lead by example. Mm-hmm. So last year I had, I took 40 days off. I was the leader in the company last year. I'm not going to be the, be it this year, but that is this important thing, right? Right. Where I need to be comfortable taking things off. And I, I don't answer emails or Slack when I'm on vacation. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And so that, that for me to our department leads, our team leads, one, first and foremost, you have to teach that from the top down. But the reality is, is if I'm in your AMP review and I'm looking at your vacation days, if it's under five for the quarter, I'm giving you shit about it. Mm-hmm. If it is one or zero, uh, I will ask like, what's up with that? And unless the answer is I just took two weeks off I'm like, all right, cool, because that has happened. I'm like, cool, right. you, let me get straight. You haven't taken no days off last quarter. Guess what? You get to sign up for open office hours with me, and you get to tell me when you're taking a week's vacation where you're going. Yeah. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, you are doing this within the next two weeks. You are. You don't have to take the vacation next week, but you have to tell me the dates you've marked off and what you're doing. And that is a real thing uh, I have made a half a dozen people here do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun flex. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Someone telling you, listen, you need to take some time yeah. off. <laughs> uh, I think that feeds into the next question nicely. So you've talked about Gooder being an inside out company um, where the way that we do things internally allows us to do really cool things in the world. Uh, can you just explain that concept a little bit? Yeah, right. I mean, we I believe in this idea of when you have amazing people inside your building, right, where you teach them these skills to t- lead projects, to have difficult conversations with each other, to strive for, um, um, you know, done is better than perfect, but high professionalism. When you create the additions inside with, for an amazing team, you can weather any storm on the outside and you can actually take on anything. And that is a really wonderful place to be because the, re- the reality is, is, we are 130 now. I mean, I will take my 130 versus anybody else's 130 <laughs> any fucking day, anywhere. Because, Sparta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will go Thunderdome yeah. because we are we breed this amazing culture here of people who do great work and they love each other and they care about each other, but they want to push the envelope. They want to challenge the status quo. So if you do that inside, you can, uh, you can um, uh, accomplish anything outside the building. 
For sure. So learning to navigate change is tough for all of us, right? And we do our best to teach uh, strategies and, and techniques to manage it. Um, what do you think we've learned about adapting quickly to change? Yeah, I mean, what other choice do we have? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what have we learned quickly? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, if you understand that, you know, um, change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. That helps. I think there's a quote like change is inevitable, growth is optional. Right. And so we hire for growth mindset here, first and foremost, because we are aware it's a wildly fast changing company. And so we want people to be excited to change and to grow. And so that's first and foremost. You we have uh, things inside this building that actually teach people how to um, embrace change and have growth mindset. And so one we we teach that um and then two i don't i think the idea of i think most things change really quickly in life mm-hmm. I, I actually think that we acknowledge how fast the change is but we well, let me ask, say this in a different way you should want change right if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody and you've, you've been dating for like two years or five years or 10 years and somebody goes, well, you've changed. I'm like, yeah, I fucking changed. It's been 10 years. <laughs> right. Do you not want me to change? <laughs> Do you not want me to change from year one to year two? Yeah. And so I think the idea is like, if you, I want change, you should want change. And if you don't want change, this is the wrong place for you. And that is totally okay too, right? Like if you want to like punch a clock every day, that is available. It's just not available here. So I know, I think it's just understanding that, change is never going to stop. So either you learn to love it or you walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we head over to uh, circle bar? Yep. Cool. So uh, what's one thing that you want to answer again or didn't get to bring up in our conversation today? Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's nothing that's glaring. Our next episode is going to be all about what's changed in the past year because a bunch has changed. But I think for anybody listening to this of what it's like to work at Gooder, the, you know, the reality is, is, it is an incredibly unique place. It is ever evolving, ever changing. And so what you, what you're coming into is an environment where people are going to demand the best from you. They're going to support you in so many more ways than you ever thought were possible. And you are going to be thrust into a, a wild, uh, growth moment in your life. Mm -hmm. And so be ready for that in the best possible way. What would, you, what would you give advice for anybody who's jo- you know like joining the team right now? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, just being willing to stay present, stay curious, ask questions, not feel like you need to have all the answers um, and be confident in yourself, right? You were hired for a reason. You have skills and abilities that we need and that's why we've recruited you. Um, so being willing to learn and being willing to go through the process of growth and receive feedback, even though at first it's like, oh man, I just want to defend myself or explain why that happened. Like, not necessary. That's okay. I was just pointing that out to highlight an example of something that you need to look at moving forward. Um, Just having that kind of a mindset and approach. I mean, people can really thrive with that and get super far. Yeah. And I think the last last thing is, it is weird and as wild as you think it is, it's even more (laughs) weird and wild. True. It is fucking true. (laughs) Yeah. And so that is also just a really fun thing for you to understand and look forward to. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Stephen. And thanks for listening, everybody. Go to uh, gooder.com slash culture and subscribe there. Until next time, be excellent to each other. 
Thanks for listening to the Culture Gooder podcast. To submit questions for the podcast, learn more about our culture, and learn how you can status the quote challenge, head over to gooder.com slash culture. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening, including on YouTube, where you can now watch all of our new episodes. Who knows? You might even catch a glimpse of Carl at our headquarters if he's not already passed out at the tiki bar from all the margaritas. 